Elite Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host, back once again with Jason Theobald. Jason, what's going on, man? It's a nice uh, July summer day. It's not cold. How are you? Uh, it's definitely not cold. It's hot as hell, but I like it. Um, not much. Uh, it's a regular Thursday for me. Chike-ins aren't terrible. I've been to the gym, um, did, a, did a nice walk outside, sweated my ass off, but, you know, um, all in all, good Thursday. Good Thursday to record. These are always, when I think about guys like, well, you and I have been friends for a while, man. We both love the summer months. We love being able to wear shorts and a fucking tank top and just relax and enjoy the sun. So, uh, you know, it's right now we're recording. This will drop in a couple of weeks because that's kind of the schedule we're on as a reminder to people. Because I have got some messages say, hey, when are you going to drop a new podcast? I said, well, we're dropping them every two weeks. I'm getting ready to upload a new one today. Um, so that's just what our schedule will allow. But you know, I was just going to say, July is always a good time. We're recording this. It was just after July 4th. Uh, my check-ins are down just a little bit this week because I told people on Monday when they checked in, a lot of people didn't check in. So kind of, I get that. Do you get that with clients? Like after a holiday weekend, they're just a little slower to check in? Yeah, a little bit. But my Monday was still pretty full. But I'm sure if you waited, you know, and yeah. they'll, they'll check in next week. Um, you know, yeah. because they just didn't want to look they, at themselves, they didn't want to look yep. at themselves, all those things. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there was a few, but I still had a pretty busy Monday, unfortunately. Well, that, that kind of leads into a future episode that we're going to do, and it ties into this episode. So, you know, you've, you've made a couple really good posts here on social recently. You talked about uh, our topic today, and that's, you know, what you do when the diet's over, especially a contest prep, but you also made another good one on. I think it was the 10 things that you're not telling your coach or the, the uh, major yeah. things you're not. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, so we're talking about check-ins and not wanting to tell your coach shit. Um, yeah. That's going to be a podcast here in the very near future. And you guys should go check out Jason's page, man. You've really made some good posts and they're, they're good bullet points and you can learn a lot from them, but we're going to do a deep dive today. We're going to get pretty granular on this because there's 10 things that everybody needs to understand. You know, the diet's over. So now what do I do? And whether you're new or you're advanced, this is all stuff that's going to hit home. Or if you're a coach or trainer, this is definitely, definitely something that you need to understand. So before we get in deep to that, man, you sent me a picture today. You're looking yeah. pretty good. You're 11 weeks out. So by the time this drops, you'll be nine. How, how are we looking for you to start your prep? I think it's coming along good. I, I wish my, I wish I had better hunger. You know, um, I'm just not, my hunger's just not that great, man, unless I'm doing like five hit intervals like three or four times a week. Yeah. And so um, I probably was at 3,300 calories to start. I'm starting to bring fats down a little bit, keeping carbs up pretty high. Um, just see what my body does from there. I'm not going to really pull the trigger until August 1st, but I kind of do this every year. I rev things up. I always stay in striking distance so I can, you know, kind of crank the calories. I grow a little bit um pull the fats a bit kind of see where my body's settling and then adjust carbs as i get you know eight weeks out or like last time's only three um so it's kind of how i do things um i'm just not as anal anymore as i used to be it's a lot more intuitive but i mean after 25 years i think i kind of earned that right yeah i mean nobody knows your body better than you do at this point so uh just give me the heads up you know a couple of weeks out you know whenever you're ready and that way you can keep some pretty detailed notes even though you're doing a lot of stuff intuitive keep some detailed notes on kind of your hard transition over to prep and we'll do an episode on that because i think okay. a lot of people would like to hear that and they're going to learn a lot from it so 
let's go ahead. It is a nice warm day, so I'm going to crack a cold one, a cold monster. What are you drinking on over there? You got tea again? I actually have nothing, man. I hope there's a little water. Oh, God, my water's even out. I have nothing, nothing. Well, go ahead, because go grab something, because I'm going to talk for a minute, because we do have some okay. uh, some um, notes to talk about. So before we get into this topic today, we do have our next Elite Physique University seminar coming up, and this is going to be all new topics. Jason and I are super, super excited. You know, we did our last one in uh, in Tampa, and that was back this spring, and it was really good. And we did our first one. It was it was uh, fall of last year, and those were kind of similar. They were in two different places. One was in Missouri. One was in Tampa. But this next one, we are coming back to Tampa. It's going to be the weekend before Thanksgiving. And the good news is you can attend in person and you, you know, anytime you can attend something in person, you always get the most out of it. You meet people, you make connections. Um, we get to talk shop with you. We get to all go train. It's always just more fun to do that stuff in person, but we do have a live stream option available. We've got a great girl named Sammy that, that was at our event last year. She's going to live stream it. So if you're someone that can't travel, good news is you'll be able to do that now. We're not opening up tickets yet because we're still pretty far away and we're getting everything lined up to where we can announce it on the website and have tickets. So just so you know, and you can start planning early, it's going to be then. And Jason, you're going into some really good deep topics. I don't want to release them now, but it's kind of the next progression on some of the stuff that you've been talking about for the last few years. And my game is definitely going to step up and it's going to be a progression of the things I've been putting out at seminars. So you guys stay, stay tuned and, uh, You'll see what that's all about. All right, man, you got some water. You ready to roll? Ready to roll. All right, so here we go. So these are the 10 things really listed, and, there, and there's more than this, but the diet's over, now what? And I think, man, this can apply to especially contest prep because there's nothing harder on a natural or assisted athlete. We're going to talk about both sides of this. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of times that these things can apply to gen pop dieters that have dieted a long time or come out of stressful events kind of touch on that if you would because we understand contest prep is is definitely hard but talk about how this could also apply to gen pop or over dieted people in general i mean you know when you know just because someone's not getting ready for a show doesn't mean they don't put effort into the you know the diet and right. you know there's a lot of um situations still out there with i don't want to say it like bad coaching but maybe situations where they're pushed too hard. Um, calories are too low, not enough refeeds, you know, maybe a diet break was needed. So none of those situations are happening. And so even though, uh, they're not getting ready for stage, they were pushed to a very low caloric situation. And so that's going to set up the same situations as if someone was being pushed for stage. Um, maybe you started at 50% body fat and got to 20. Um, you know, so you just aren't to that point yet, but that, that took a big toll. Um, so really these kind of apply to anyone who's just been through a really hard diet phase or even, you know, maybe yo-yo dieted as well. Yeah, it's, it definitely can apply. So I've got these all listed here. Do you have your show notes pulled up or do you just want me to read these off and you yeah, can go read into them off. Okay. I don't have it pulled up. Okay. Number one, uh, post-show is a health phase for male and females, assuming that the season's over. Um, it usually lasts eight, eight weeks to six months. So talk about that. When you say health, you said health in all yeah. caps. A lot of people don't realize after a diet's over that health is the number one priority. Most people are immediately thinking, fuck, I need to go train and gain muscle and do yeah. all this. Explain what you mean by that. Um, well, I mean, for both sexes, it means to kind of restore hormones, um, get sleep back to normal. If there's any digestion problems, restore that really. It's just a pullback time. Um, 
you know, pull back on, on your training. Cardio should be lowered. Um, and if it was really high, maybe it's done in stages. I'm not saying you go from two hours a day to 20 minutes, a couple times a week, but you start pulling back. Um, and you pull back with health as, you know, the marker, you know, for women, I want to see a period restored, um, you know, things of that nature, men, we want to see testosterone eventually come back, things like that, that are going to be down. Um, thyroid hormones, a lot of times going to be down as well. So, you know, we just kind of want to get restore health. Um, and if you're someone that doesn't look at labs, okay. But for women, get a period back for men, you know, you should have a, you know, fairly good, you know, recovery, um, sleeping well, all those things. Um, so it's just a focus that needs to be in the thought of your mind rather than, all right, now it's push, push, push again. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this in prior episodes in, in the, in the archives, we've talked about what labs are, what you should look at, what you should get, what they mean. Um, you know, I work with a lot of natural athletes, you work with natural and assisted athletes. For most of mine, I tell them, listen, don't, don't get your labs done right after your show's over, right after a hard diet phase over, because they're going to be in the, in the shitter. That's part of it. I tell them to wait, you know, generally four months is a pretty good time for a nat, just on average. Um, but it's different depending. So what, what do you like to recommend people wait post-show for men and women, um, assisted and natural? I know there's a lot to unpack there. Um, so let's see. Assisted, um, because there could have been ongoing issues with, say, cholesterol and right. liver enzymes, I like to go about eight, eight weeks um, and see if there's anything that, you know, we need to go ahead and kind of supplement the body with to clear out and clean out. Um, you know, at that point, I'm not saying every hormone is going to be back. Um, but I do kind of wanted to address anything that's lingering from PEDS use. Um, you can go a little longer with, you know, natural athletes. Usually it's going to take three months for, you know, complete new blood cell, red blood cells to generate. So, I mean, you could try eight weeks if they don't mind spending the money, but everything's not going to be back in range yet by yeah. any means. Um, but you know, if PEDs weren't used, hopefully cholesterol's not an issue. Liver really shouldn't be stressed, things of that nature, kidneys. So, you know, hormones are going to still be down. So you can wait a little longer for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's generally what I recommend. Uh, point number two that you want to talk about, raise your calories as fast as you can within reason. The points to bring hormone backs to homeostasis. This bump differs for everyone. Try to find a hunger score, of five of 10 to start. So kind of break that down for us. Well, you know, um, I think maybe five years ago, maybe a little further back, you know, the, what was going on was a slow, slow reverse out of prep. Mm -hmm. And I've never been a huge fan of that. I mean, I've been on message boards going back to 2009, 2010, um, saying, you know, you really got to, you should bump a little harder um, and get, you know, work on getting hormones reset, getting, you know, sleep back cortisol down all those things. So what I'm saying there is make a bump that's enough that you can start actually healing. Don't just add 10 to 15 carbs and think that's going to do anything. It's just going to make you hungry and pissed off and it's not going to be sustainable. So make a bump that, you know, kind of takes your hunger to like a five, maybe somewhere around there. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to put so much in that now they're not hungry at all. Cause they're going to gain fat fast. Um, but what I mean by being different for everyone, like there's ectomorphs like me who can almost go back to 3000 calories and stay pretty lean and, and do really well. You've got mesos and endos so you might need to take a little slower progression with. I can't really tell you what's right for either you as yourself, yourself, or is, you know, what your coach should be doing with you. 
Um, but you know, maybe a 30 to 40 car bump for women, a 50 car bump for men and go from there. Um, and just see how things are shaking out. I just don't want to see people taking too much time, uh, with the goal of staying super ripped because hormones aren't returning. Um, and eventually that's going to catch up to you. Yeah. There, there's a couple of caveats I'll throw in there too. We did a complete reverse dieting and metabolic capacity episode. And that's the book I wrote in 2015. And in that book, I advocate for a slower reverse, but under one condition, if you're eating a bunch of food off the plan, you still need to try and get your daily calories out. So I recommended, Hey, maybe, maybe if you're a female, you had 15 carbs a week. If you're adding food on your own, you can't stop cheating on the diet because it's very common. A lot of people don't understand what's going to happen after their first show. Like they're going to eat off plan. And if you're already gaining from that, Maybe you don't need to add yet, but if you somewhat have it under control and a couple times a week you're eating off plan, well, then you can't add as many calories. But once you've done this for a while and you get this under control, you can reverse a lot faster. Like, like you were saying, I had a bikini girl that just got done competing this weekend, had a pretty good season. Um, she placed second in a couple of her classes and I had her down to like 60 carbs. It's the very end, the very, very end of the diet, obviously. And, um, she's doing quite a bit of cardio and I cut that way back, but I jumped her up from 60 carbs up to like, oh, it was like 125, but I told her, and she's done this before she's, she's okay. And we ramped her up pretty fast. And I said, the goal is to, to get you healthy again, pretty fast. I was like, but if you start eating off the plan a lot, I need to know because you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna add as many calories after that. So that, that to me is kind of a, a caveat, but that kind of goes into our next point, Jason. Number three was do not, do not binge eat because you'll not be in a spot to get the fat off. And if you do, don't beat yourself up, just move on and get on a program. Probably one of the most important points that, you know, we've talked about this stuff for a decade, right? One of the most important points that people need to understand, talk about what happens when you binge eat after a hard diet and then the fat's not going to come off because that's the part that gets people. So what a lot of competitors do um, and I'm not saying all newbies or even, you know, the first few year competitors, not all of them do this, but many stockpile all the things they want to eat in their bag that day. Yep. And then they get this huge <laughs> list of shit that they want everyone to make cookies, ice creams, cakes, you know, and all they do start doing is they're saying, oh, well, I dieted hard for 16 weeks. I deserve this. Well, okay, fine. If that's really what you think. Um, but it snowballs a lot of times, um, into continuing because that, that craving for that sugar becomes an addiction. So first and foremost, don't stockpile a shit ton of food, stockpile some water and some gator in your bag, hydrate after, and then go have a nice meal with someone, maybe some cake, and then leave all that shit at not in the room and, and just, you know, work back off of a plant. <clears throat> but what happens when you do that and you do it continuously, not only does it become an addiction to sugar, but um, you just dieted, and if anyone tells you your metabolism is, is zooming, that's completely false. Right. <laughs> uh, your thyroid is down-regulated many times as your body weight has fallen. That's what it does. You can take things like Thyroboost and from my company, New Ethics, to kind of counteract that. But at the same time, you're going to have some down-regulation. So if you keep binging and doing all this, you're going to have a small window, maybe of two weeks if you did it hard, where you're not going to gain a ton of fat. But then after that, you're going to lose sensitivity. It's going to pile on. What you're trying to do post-show, if you're really serious about competing, is prolong the insulin sensitivity period that you've created from the diet so that you can build muscle like crazy. 
Um, but if you do all this binging, you're, you're blowing it. You're blowing all that out the water. And then at the same time, your metabolism hasn't recovered. So you can't look at your coach or if you're doing your shit yourself. And now what happens is they start yo-yo dieting. Oh God, I did all this for two weeks. Now I'm going to diet hard for a week. They don't really see any change. They go out with friends. They eat a shit ton of pizza and cake and ice cream and all the shit. Then they get back on their diet for a few days. They don't really see anything. They're depressed. They do it again and again. So now they're in this cycle where they starve themselves all week and then binge all weekend. And it's a bad cycle. And I see it all the time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why if you do that post show, by all means, don't beat yourself up for it, but get back on a plan sooner than later or else that sugar addiction is going to really kick you in the ass for the next four five, six. It could go on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is too, like I'll have that, I'll have a client do that every once in a while. It's not as bad as it used to be, man. It seemed like back when I coached prior to 2014, I had a lot of that. I don't know if I just have more serious people, but I still have a lot of newbies. We just don't see as much of that. Um, it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't see as much of it and I don't have people gaining 20 pounds in two weeks and then, you know, it doesn't come off, but you know, one little tip I think we can give people, and this is what I have my athletes do. If they do go ahead and they go, they, they just go off the, off the rails, you know, for most of the week. Right. And they gain, you know, whatever, say it's eight, nine pounds. I tell them, they're like, Hey, what do you want me to do to get this off? I'm like, first of all, I want you to nail your macros that I gave you nail them to a T for four or five days, up your water, a couple liters a day. Let's flush some of the bloat off. Let's get your digestion under control. Just eat your normal macros and let's see where your baseline is. And then I just start them from there but I don't, I don't drop their calories. I don't do any of that. I just give them a set macros to just stick to just so they're not eating off the plan. And then, you know, a lot of people don't realize this when you do up water, you can flush some bloat for a few days and yeah, you can take natural diuretic. You can do things like that, but I just like to use water. It gives them something to focus on and it helps flush that bloat. Um, is there anything that you want to add to that? No, I think we covered it. Yeah. I, th- I think that's just pretty sound advice. Uh, number four, and this flies kind of in the face of what a lot of people think, uh, what I used to think as well. Number four is reduce training volume and frequency um, so you relieve body stress, let your joints and ligaments recover, along with lowering inflammation. Most people, man, as we know, and this, this was me back in the day, they're immediately right back into hard training, getting that food up, immediately focusing on, and, and I guess we could talk about this later, muscle gain versus restoring lost muscle, but Talk about reducing training volume and frequency. It kind of goes against what most people think. Well, listen, there are some bodies, mainly men, mainly men on performance enhancing drugs and mainly men that are ectomorphs that can push a little bit after the show. So I'm not saying there is not a time and place for people that can push, but if we're talking to natural men, natural women, um, even women on peds because they need to get off of it because they're already been experienced to an androgen for a long time and they really right. need to get that other system. So their hormones are going to fall too. So that whole group right there really should be on four days of training, nothing to failure. And if they were doing, you know, four sets per body part, pull it back to three. So we've lo- we've lowered frequency and intensity, um, volume, I'm sorry, and, and intensity because we're not taking anything to failure. The whole thing for that is to restore health and get them back to homeostasis with hormones, restoring periods, restoring health as fast as we can. And also giving the joints a break. I mean, you've been training and probably pounding cardio. So the whole body just needs a break. And 
you know, think about it. Every athlete has an off season, right? I mean, Tom Brady goes into an off season, you know, bodybuilders for some reason think that, you know, there's no time to kind of rest. Um, and, and that that's just certainly not the case, especially after you just trained an eight and a caloric deficit for 16 weeks and sometimes even longer. I know you have some of your athletes who do 24 at any point. Uh, the point is, is that it's time to focus on health at that point and pushing training harder is really just going to keep that body inflamed continually potential to push you into a parasympathetic, a sympathetic dominant state, um, which can then wreak havoc continually on the hormones as well. So um, that's, that's really it. And then even that, that, that select few that you might push after the show with maybe, you know, 500 megs a test or whatever only um, they're still going to need to take a health phase after that six week push. Um, it's just, there might be the select few that can do that. Yeah. And that generally seems to be um, folks that stay a little bit leaner. They don't have a long, harsh prep versus, you know, if you've got a, a, a natty that might be a, kind of a fatty, I know that rhymes, yeah. you know, then they're going to, the longer you diet and if you're natural, the more that becomes very, very important. And a lot of people don't understand sometimes in this sport, you have to take, it's not really a step back, but I guess you could look at it this way. You have to take a step back to be able to take two or three steps forward. Yeah. Because if you keep, if you don't take that step back, it ultimately it's going to inhibit your growth. It's going to get in the way of growth and you're just going to stay really overreached. I mean, prep is just one giant fucking overreach. Well, in the off season, my athletes are doing overreaching and they're doing deloads to give their body a break. If you're going to do the biggest fucking overreach of your life in a contest prep, why the hell would you not pull back some? So, you know, it makes complete sense. And I hope people kind of open, open up their eyes to that a little bit. Um, and think about that because I know a lot of people just didn't learn that. Let's talk about number five, reduce cardio, especially any hit interval training. Um, you like to drop them completely Aim for a spot of maybe two medium intensity stay state sessions at 30 minutes a week, you know, maybe 120, you know, heartbeat rate a minute um, and just eat more and, and just get heart health in. So talk about what you like to do with cardio. Um. So I like to reduce it. I don't, like I said, I don't earlier in the episode, I don't take it, you know, um, two hours down to 20 minutes, you know, two times a week right away. Um, let's say, you know, I, I it's hard to say cause I mean, everyone's going to be on different amounts of cardio, but, right. but the first move should be to reduce it. And I drop hits. Um, I, and now if someone's on like four, five or seven, eight minute or, you know, hit intervals. I might drop, cut that in half and then yeah. cut it down to one and then pull it. But <clears throat> Um, my goal is to get that out, um, let the body rest, get out of that more sympathetic dominant type, uh, cardio, um, uh, situation basically. And, um, I'll even pull back, you know, if I had them doing miss for a while, 140 beats per minute or something, I'll even pull that down to 120 and then start working that cardio back. The goal is to just kind of get it to that walking cardio with beat heart rate, maybe yeah. 120 beats per minute, 110 beats per minute for heart health. Um, and to keep them a little leaner. But um, just kind of got to pull that back. You know, I, I don't believe in keeping it high so that you can cheat more on your diet and things yeah. of that nature. You know, um, that's just going to give you that false sense of, oh, I can do this. But then at the same time, now I got to pay the piper. Well, I just ate some cake and I only done 20 minutes cardio a day. Now I got to do 40. And then that gets into one of those situations where you've got people eating what they want and then immediately got to find a treadmill and walk it off for an hour. Like people get into that situation, too. And that's also disordered eating. Um, so I try to just work the cardio back um, slowly and um, get it down to like two sessions, maybe 30 minutes a week. 
Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I know during peak week, if someone's doing a show, I, I like to drop all of it for, you know, three, four, five days, depending on the person, let cortisol yeah. drop. And a lot of the times I'll just leave it completely out. Like if they're doing okay. Um, but yeah, I might toss a little bit in. I'll, I usually keep one hit in, you know, three to five intervals on their high carb day just to help create some insulin sensitivity. But, you know, maybe they go do five, five hit on the rope for 15 seconds each. And I don't, I don't get them higher ever in the off season, but I, I'm right there with you on all of that. Um, number six, prioritize extra sleep and rest. Fucking sleep, man. That's the number one thing I struggle with getting my clients to actually buy into because it's not sexy. Um, where are you at on that with getting your clients to buy into extra sleep and rest? Well, I think most of my clients get it. Um, I have a lot of clients working with hormonal issues and, you know, I, I pound it in their head. We got to fix this. And, you know, I think they get it and they track it and let me know when they're doing better. But when you come to someone from coming out of prep or even a hard diet, a lot of times sleep kind of, kind of went by the wayside just because either maybe the performance enhancing drugs are taking or because they are going more parasympathetic dominance, the cortisol is rising and they're struggling. And so, you know, they, a lot of times I'll see people go from like, you know, seven to eight in the off season to five or six during prep. And so, you know, once we get back out of that situation, we want to get the body calmer. We want to get the you know parasympathetic kicking in, which is rest and digest. And so we want to track to see that we're getting back to seven to eight hours a week. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. For the most part, my clients are good with it, but I, I have had probably half a dozen this year that they just cannot fucking sleep. And finally, the only thing I could find to help them sleep, well, I didn't find it, but I had them go talk to their doctor, was to take the fucking gummies, man. Like literally, it was the only thing that would get them to actually sleep. And as soon as they started doing that, they dropped three or four pounds in about four weeks. And it would all be from a cortisol dump and, you know, improved insulin sensitivity from sleep. All that stuff would improve and their training would get better. Their physique looked better. They felt better. But man, some people just have a really hard time. And I really think at the end of the day, it's kind of one of those things. Maybe we can talk about it on this thing, things you don't tell your coaches. But one of the things I, I know my clients are doing, because I'll see them fucking posting shit on stories at 3 a.m. sometimes here and there, is they don't get off their fucking phone. Like, they don't get off of it. And they're like, well, I can't sleep. I'm like, yeah, because you're on your fucking phone. Like, that's just going to wake you up more. Yeah. Um, yeah, the nights that I, you know, for me, I use our cortisol a lot. I use our relax a lot to get people extra sleep. And it works um, and helps. Um, but even then, when you're deep in contest prep, sometimes it's just, it's just hard. Um, yeah. Part of but, it. Yeah. Um, but even myself, if I'm screwing around with social media, sometimes at night I'll sit on the couch and I got to make a post or just feel like it's time to make a post. If I'm screwing around with it till 11, 11, 15, I don't usually get as good a night's sleep. Yeah. I get better night's sleep. It seems like on the nights where I put the phone down at eight, maybe watch a little TV and then get to bed. Um, so I agree with you. That's a big culprit. Um, blue, you, you can wear blue light glasses. I've never really got into it. I'll be honest. Um, but as I've gotten older, I feel like maybe I could benefit from them. Um, I know when I was in my thirties and I was, I was coaching then I'd be on my phone till whenever. And I slept like a baby, but in my forties, I'm just, I don't sleep quite as well as I, as I once did. Yeah. I tell you what, our good friend, Lauren Conlon, um, her and Ryan lived down in Tampa. If we went to hang out with them because I have numerous times, it passed like six or seven o'clock. They're both walking around with these big ass 
uh, glasses on because they're they're they literally take it that serious and people laugh i don't give a shit like they're maximizing their sleep like it's important to them um but i, I haven't dug into that either um i'll admit all right man we've got uh looks like four more the next one we're gonna talk about peds a little bit more um if you're on performance enhancing drugs in a male you need to cruise on 200 megs of tests per week or a PCT. So there's more to go on that. Let's go ahead and talk talk about that transitioning off and kind of an HRT dose, if you will, um, or a PCT. Yeah. Kind of break that down for a male. Well, I mean, you know, if you're not a national level guy or going for, you know, trying to get a pro card, I think your best bet post-show is to focus on health. And if you're a guy who's, you know, made the decision that you don't want to yo-yo the hormones and you're going to do TRT for a lot of the year and then hit some cycles, um, go back to your HRT dose, get off all the cutters, the trends, the winstrels, the masterins, get all that shit out of your system, all the hard shit and just get on 150 to 200 megs of tests a week and clear out, you know, give it eight weeks and then take your labs and see, did my liver enzymes come back down? Did my, you know, cholesterol clear up? And if not, that's when you can hit your support subs and then retest. And a lot of times I don't even have them hit any cycle until we retest and get a positive response from the support subs or your PCT. If you're a younger guy, you know, and you're under 20, you're under 30 and you want to have kids and, you know, you want to bounce back and try to get your restore, then come off and, and run your PCT. Um, you know, we could do a whole episode on that. It's a lot that goes into a PCT and, you know, we don't, I don't think we have time for all that, but right. run your PCT. Um, so, you know, in select cases, like I said, there's certain guys that, you know, are more serious about it and maybe they want to, you know, they had an easy prep or they didn't have to prep that long or they want to run the cutting drugs that long. And so they want to run five, 600 megs of just test um, for six weeks post-show and really push their calories fast and up. And a lot of times you can do that more with the guys who stay leaner easier and get that rebound and catch that rebound. Um, but even at 200, if you use food as your anabolic, and really just get the food up, um, you know, you'll still make some really good gains. Um, just keep the crap out and, and maximize your insulin sensitivity. So that's kind of that, that aspect of that question. Yeah. I, I usually see, especially guys that have been on a long time too. you can come back to that. Um, man, what, whenever you get them to lower and that androgen receptor starts to freshen back up and they are going to cruise on like a 200. I've had a lot of, a lot of guys come to me that Man, they were just taking so much for so long. And honestly, it's black market, so they don't know exactly what they're getting, but weren't really looking at labs. Body just looked kind of bloated and didn't look as good as it should. Man, whenever I get them to pull back and just go for 8 to 12 weeks and then retest and get look at labs, their body cleaned up a lot. And then when they go back on, they respond so much better from it, just from letting everything clean back out. And then you can start to add things back in. And, and you're right, I think we should do a whole episode on that. I think maybe we should do a PCT episode and then also had a transition from, you know, a blast to a cruise to a blast. And I think that would probably be beneficial for people to understand to do the right way. Because here's the thing, you know, some people are, listen, if you're natty, well, then don't fucking listen. But there's people out there that need to understand they're going to do it anyway. So why not give them the information so they fucking at least do it right and they can at least take care of their health. Um, well, let's talk about females. Um, so females on PEDS, yep. remove them immediately and run a female PCT like, you know, the new ethics jumpstart uh, for yeah. six to eight weeks to restore homeostasis. Talk about that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's not that a woman couldn't stay on for six weeks and get the benefit. It's just their body's already probably been subjected for 16 to 12 weeks to androgens. Um, and, you know, at that point, 
you should really just get that out of there. Um, get the period restored if they are still, you know, uh, you know, premenopausal. Um, I used to run a whole, you know, slew of supplements um, for female PCT. I, you know, I was one of the only coaches I felt like that was doing it. And it just didn't make sense why no one was trying to bring females cycle back immediately. Why wasn't anyone trying to bring their testosterone back? Um, you know, a lot of coaches would tell them, oh, you don't need to worry about that. You're a female. Well, that's crazy. Right. Um, so, you know, now it, it, it morphed into once I shared the, that with Vince, he kind of tweaked it and it morphed into jumpstart. So I use jumpstart now post cycle with my females um, four caps two times a day and then just rest them feet up, you know, everything that we've talked about already and, and kind of restore that period and then take a look at labs again and see where we might be off and what's going on. So that's kind of how I, I treat, you know, women on PEDS. Yeah. I, I think a lot of coaches, um, including me back in the day, you know, back way back when, before I kind of understand how the systems, the body work, they just didn't fucking know. So that was their answer. Like they really didn't know how to restore their natural levels. Um, and, and I don't know, you probably didn't either in 2012 or 13, I'm guessing, but once you probably had a good idea and it, you, you know, you thought it was important to restore and do some kind of a PCT where people just didn't do shit. And then you just let a female go. That's been on androgens for a while. And then all their systems crash and their body wants to gain fat back anyway. And it's this really cascade of kind of a post-show rebound anyway. And then the drop in androgens. Yeah. yeah. So a question for you, kind of a yeah. sidebar here for females that you do see. And, and by the way, this doesn't just mean female bodybuilding. Like there's, there's women's physique, there's figure there. There's a lot of peds out there, right? There's women that take it to get to the level they want to get to. How often are you seeing women come to you that have, that have run more than two or three cycles that eventually just do need to go on an HRT um, just to support their testosterone levels? I see it pretty commonly. What about you? see it a lot yeah yeah a lot um it generally seems to be as they age a little older um but that's like anything you know that's what happens to men too you know um but i do feel like actually women's testosterone bounces back a little better than men's i see most men uh if you're past 28 and you've ran a few cycles yeah i just don't see it getting much higher than three or four hundred if you can get that back you're you're lucky but women, you know, you only need to be within, you know, two, two to 45 to be in range. I see a lot of them get back to 22s, 23s. You're not yeah. optimal, but you're, you're in mid range. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I see women's come back a lot more after VAR. Maybe it's just because all they do, a lot of them is VAR and VAR is not as hard yeah. on the system like what a lot of these other guys are doing. But yeah, I mean, at some point that's, it's, it's an, it's an, it's a potential uh, scenario, just like it is for a male that they yeah. may need. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't want to punch anybody in the face here with this, but if we do have any listeners here that are looking down on the stuff we're talking about, I can tell you right now, I see a fuck ton of natural females that compete too often that end up on HRT and they're not taking shit. So listen, you're all putting yourself into a spot to where you really need to take a look at labs. So don't think because we're talking about a female that's been on PEDS might end up on HRT. I've got a lot of females that, that I work with that they've dieted too much, or that's just the life they've chosen to to do shows every couple of years. And eventually their test levels just get to the point where it's just not optimal and they do end up on HRT. So, you know, it, there's, there's all kinds of different avenues that this kind of, this stuff kind of intersects here. Um, let's talk about number nine here and men don't run from this because if you're a coach, this is something you need to understand. Females should, 
emphasize restoring their cycle. Don't stay so lean that it never comes back, then diet again. Um, and there was, is one exemption, um, and we can talk about that, but talk about restoring the cycle and not saying so lean that it never comes yeah. back. So, I mean, Reese, I don't know, was it like 2018? You could Google it. Fuck, I, remember, I forget. But not too long ago, um, the period, a woman's period was added to one of the five pillars of, of women's health. Yeah the medical community like talks about. So, you know, if you're staying so lean because you hate your period, I mean, I guess I get it. I'm, I, I guess I can't totally fully understand it, but like, that's just not healthy for a female system and body. That means progesterone's too low, uh, most likely because you need that to ovulate. And that's usually the problem. Um, and therefore now you're relatively estrogen dominant. So you're going to have more mood swings, a little more anxiety, most likely, maybe you're lucky when it doesn't, but in any event, you're going to have a suppressed hormonal system and that can eventually lead to testosterone be a lower, which then can eventually lead to, you know, thyroid being lower. So, you know, a period is a sign of well-balanced hormones uh, in women. Um, generally speaking, I mean, obviously you can have crampy ones and, you know, ones that are irregular, but that's still because progesterone usually is still too low and they're more estrogen dominant when that's happening. Um, there's ways to fix that with chase variant things. But my point is restoring a period is a good first step in showing that a female is on the right direction to health. Yeah. And, and you brought up Chaseberry, your Chaseberry liposomal. I carry that on my site. Yep. Um, I tell all my females, I'm like, listen, you, you got to get progesterone back to a healthy spot. And there's nothing better than, you know, taking that. And I, you had told me at one point, you know, for somebody that's really, really bad, three droppers, take three oh, droppers. Yeah. Um, three to four, sometimes six a day to get that. Yeah. But still, it's helping that, that conversation between the ovaries and the brain. Right. It's helping re retool that just like in men, a, what a HCG it's chase bears kind of, uh, what, it, what HCG is to men. Um, so it, it, it restores that talk that can be basically shut down, um, from stress or heads use and, you know, all those things that happen in a, in a prep or a hard diet if you're gym pop. Yeah. And, and I, and I'm, freestyling here i'm pretty good with numbers but i think it's only 23.99 on on your site so i mean it's it's one of the most affordable products that you can get for a female that should be in your supplement cabinet in my opinion just go add that now you do have an exemption here um those running pedgy around can get away with this um, but you didn't say it was healthy so just kind of talk right. about that right yeah i mean listen if you're already on hrt that's healthy but like if you're a woman who's already on hrt and you're in and out of bar every eight weeks or in and out of primo, you know, you're every eight weeks, um, you know, your hormones are kind of supported. Um, if you've made that decision, you don't want your period and you're, you're going to support hormones and run cycles, then that's fine. Um, you know, you're at least not going to have those hormonal crashes. Um, so that's all I was saying is that, you know, if someone has their testosterone already supported and they're running cycles every eight weeks or, you know, that's how I do my women eight weeks on eight weeks off restore, move on, do it again. Um, I don't like to expose them to androgens too long for like one straight phase. Um, but anyways, that's kind of why I put that exemption there. Yeah. Okay. And finally, we've got number 10. And honestly, you know, we've gone pretty granular on all of these with supplementation and training and diet and, you know, all that stuff on, on how to kind of navigate this. Man, I think this is probably the best one and probably the most important one. And I don't want people to, to just kind of shy away from this because this is the end of the episode. 
because this is a lifestyle that we all choose. And if you really want this to stick, I really like that you put this in there and you put it in there last after everybody read the sexy shit, right? You put this one in there and you said, reconnect with friends and family, go to dinner. You can go out and eat tasty and healthy. Don't remain a hermit. Um, talk, talk about first, before you talk about going out, talk about becoming a hermit because I do have some clients myself where sometimes they'll put themselves into situations where they're traveling when they don't like six weeks out, they're traveling when they don't need to be, they're sleeping in a hotel. I need them to get sleep. They're, they're, they're stressed out because they're at fucking barbecues and birthday parties. And sometimes I tell them, say, Hey, maybe for the last month, it's probably better off if you just kind of stay in because it keeps them chill and they can stay on their plan better. But talk about becoming a hermit, man, because that's a real, that's a real thing. Well, you know, Early in my bodybuilding career, I was guilty of this. Um, and I think a lot of people are, and you don't really know how to navigate the waters and you just know it's a lot easier to have that damn kitchen close to you and you don't have to fuck around with right. socializing and putting <laughs> a fake smile on and all the bullshit, right? Yeah. It doesn't always work for life. Um, but my point is a lot of people will probably take that approach to prep. And I think that a lot of people need that to be successful. Um, I'm not saying it's the right way. I'm just saying it's going to happen a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I know people who live it like that in the off season too, you know, and, and I don't think that's healthy, um, but that's the way they do it. Um, so my point is once you're done with the show, um, it's not an all or nothing like, Oh God, we're going out to a restaurant. I got to eat shitty. No, you don't like you can go to a restaurant and get freaking cod and, and rice and get a salad. Like I do that shit all the time. Like I don't even consider it a cheat meal. Like half, half times weeks go by. I really don't have what people would consider a cheat meal. I go out to dinner with my kids, but I'm getting like salmon and couscous or, you know, like, so, you know, I'm kind of on prep now. Right. But I got my sons coming this weekend and I'm going to take them to dinner and I'm going to just make the best choices I can. And maybe the last four weeks I'll pack meals if I have to, if I'm not going to look ready. But you know, my point is this, um, you're, you're going to miss out on some things no matter what in prep. You just are. And so once that's over, I want people to kind of get back out there and not be like, oh, God, you know, because you kind of get into prep mode. And, and, and uh, you know, I've been in there, too, where you're post-show now and you want to you want to stay looking good and you fear that if you eat out or you go to this, or you go do that, it's all going to crumble. And that's a very real thing, too. You got the people that go the opposite direction on the binging and then you got people that go the other direction where they just won't they won't bend and break at all. So I was just reminding people that, hey, get back out there. Your family, your loved ones probably gave you some leeway. So just go and pick healthy food and enjoy life. Yeah, you know, I agree, man. And you bring up a good point. Sometimes it is easier just to kind of shut yourself in. You know, if I were ever going to prep, and I never will, but if I were ever going to prep again, I'm sitting here looking around my house. I've got my home gym right there. You guys can't see listening to the podcast. I've got a fucking pool table right in front of me. And we all know I love to play pool. I've got a kitchen man, I could just shut myself off from the world. We could do this podcast and I could never see anybody. I could probably get through it because the hardest thing for me is I just don't really want to be around people. I do when I'm normal. I love being around people. But when I get tired and cranky, I just don't want to fucking be around anybody. And that's not reality. So then you, here's the point I want to bring up. You talked about people fear after the show's over, like you go out and you're worried about going off the deep end. You're worried about... That's how you learn how to deal with it, though. You have to learn how to deal with that because you can't run from it because it's a very real reality. So I really like that you put this this last point was in there because it's the most important. This is what 
I know you want for everybody. This is what I want for everybody listening. We want you guys to be able to enjoy this lifestyle. It's a very hard lifestyle that we've chosen. I think this is the hardest sport in the world. I really, really do. Because anytime you involve diet and hunger, because you have to, you have to eat to survive. To me, it's, it really is. It's the hardest sport that there is. Um, so we want people to be able to navigate through it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, man. Do you have any closing thoughts, anything that you want to add? This was your post, by the way, this was really well done. Um, you know, I think that people need to give themselves a little grace. I hope they don't think I'm saying, you know, don't cheat, don't, don't enjoy some foods. I'm just trying to give them some ways to make good progress after and still kind of, you know, enjoy life. So I hope that it was obviously clear that, you know, I'm not saying uh, don't have fun. Don't, don't get right. back out. That's why I kind of ended that post that way. Yeah. Um, because I did talk about it binge eating saying, don't get that in that trap. But, you know, I think that post show, a lot of people aren't ready for the hunger. They're not ready for the fact that there's no pressure on them anymore to be in their underwear in front of 2000 people. Right. And they, they crumble. Um, so, you know, um, it might be a good time too for a lot of people to learn to track macros and get off that strict diet plan if you chose that with your coach um, and kind of get flexible again as well. I didn't cover that in my post, but I think that's a great way for a lot of people to probably transition off of, uh, off of a strict diet and or um, out of prep. Yeah. Okay. A couple things to end uh, in the show on. If you guys ever need to get hold of us, click the show notes. We've got both of our emails there. We've got links to both of our companies. Uh, anything that you need, you ever want to hear different people on the show, send a question in, different topics, it doesn't matter. I'm going to try and get red-ass Jason Theobald to make an appearance on the next show. I, I, like, to, I like to have fun with Jason. Maybe we can get red-ass Jason to show up. We're going to talk about uh, the things that you do that you don't tell your coach that you should. And... Um, and I really think that'll be a fun one. That was another post that you made. So we'll get pretty granular on that one. I, I might add some things because I think, I think you did five. Yeah. I, I think if we do this in a podcast, we can probably get to five or 10 pretty easy. Um, and I'll probably add some in to kind of poke fun at you because I know there were th some things I did when you coached me that caused red ass Jason to show up on my Facebook page. So <laughs> it might involve a couple cans of pumpkin or six. So we'll, we'll talk about that stuff. So for myself and Jason, you guys enjoy your July. We're out of here. See you guys. Yeah.